When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Welcome to the MLB Daily Podcast. I'm Brandon Karam alongside Belly Up Sports Boston Red Sox beat writer LJ LaFiora. And this is a Belly Up Sports Podcast. Uh, We are going to be recapping the April 14th games in the MLB as we do every single day. Uh, LJ, how are we doing? We are doing fantastic. Brandon, very excited to talk about this day and have a little fun with y'all. Well, you know, let's get right into it. And we're going to start with the big topic of the day. Uh, In case you missed it, there was another no-hitter in the MLB. uh, And it comes out of the Indians and White Sox game. Uh, It was all about White Sox starter Carlos Rodon, who was perfect through the first eight and a third innings pitched prior to allowing a hit by pitch. However, he would go on to pitch a no hitter, the second in the MLB this year. 
The White Sox did provide him great run support, uh, scoring eight runs in the contest, highlighted by a Yermin Mercedes three-run home run and a Luis Robert ground rule double. So the White Sox win 8-0. Of course, you give the win to Carlos Rodon, who's now 2-0 on the year. He goes nine innings, no hits, no runs, no walks, strikes out seven. The loss goes to Zach Plezak, who was unable to get out of the first inning, allowing uh, he only goes two thirds of an inning, allowing seven hits and six runs. The White Sox are now six and six and the Indians fall to six and five. Today's matchup between these two teams, uh, we should also mention that today is Jackie Robinson Day, April 15th. Happy Jackie Uh, Robinson Day, Brandon. Happy Jackie Robinson Day, LJ. Uh, Today's matchup between these two teams will have Aaron Savalli pitch for Cleveland and Lance Lynn for the White Sox. Next up, we have the Rays and the Rangers. It was a a low-scoring game for most of today's matchup. In the second, Texas's Nate Lau homered to put the Rangers up one. Texas's David Dahl and Adelis Garcia drove in four runs before Tampa's Brandon Lau hit one out, making it a 5-1, your final. Give the win to Kohei Arihara, his first on the year. He's 1-1. One one. He went five and two-thirds of an inning, allowing no earned runs and striking out five batters. The loss goes to Josh Fleming, his first loss of the year. He went five innings, allowing one earned run. Today on Jackie Robinson Day, the 5-7 and seven Rangers will have Jordan Lyles up against Rich Hill for the Rays. All right, moving on to the Yankees and the Blue Jays. The Yankees got on the board first in this one with an Aaron Judge solo home run in the top of the first. However, the, the Blue Jays would score in both the second and third innings thanks to Alejandro Kirk and Bo Bichette home runs the Jays would lead three to one after three innings the Yankees would take back the lead in the fourth inning on another Aaron Judge home run and then a Gio Rochella a two RBI single to make it four to three in the Yankees favor in the bottom of the sixth the Jays would tie it four to four on a wild pitch and it would remain that score until the ninth inning in the bottom of the ninth Bo Bichette steps up and hits a game-winning walk-off home run, his second on the day to give the Blue Jays a 5-4 win. Give the win to Rafael Dolis, who pitched a clean top of the ninth inning. He is now 1-0 on the year. Uh, One inning pitch, no pitch, no runs, and one strikeout. The loss goes to Chad Green. He allows the walk-off home run. He's 0-2 on the year. He is unable to record an out in this one, so he goes no innings pitched, allowing one hit and one earned run. Or excuse me, one earned run. Toronto is now 6-6. Six and six. The Yankees are 5-7. and seven. The, the Blue Jays start a series with the Kansas City Royals today. Jacob Junis for the Royals was the only announced starter as of now. The Yankees are off today and will host the Rays for a weekend series starting Friday. The Yankees lose. Uh, next up, we've got the doubleheader between the Red Sox and the Twins. Of course, they had a game canceled on Monday due to some extenuating circumstances in the greater Minnesota area. 
So they played two today, and the Red Sox had a little rally in the second inning of the first game. After an RBI single, Hunter Renfro got himself in scoring position when Kevin Plawecki, the Weck dog, bunted down the first baseline. Kenta Maeda didn't know what to do. He wasn't expecting a bunt that early in the game. Decides to throw to third base and get Hunter Renfro, but he completely airmails it over the third baseman's head, which allowed Renfro to score. In the following at-bat, Christian Arroyo drove in Franchi Cordero from third, and that was all the Red Sox needed to win in seven innings. The final was three to two. Give the win to Nathan Eovaldi, his second on the year. He went five innings, allowing two earned runs. The loss was given to Kenta Maeda, who went four and two-thirds of an inning, allowing two earned runs and striking out five. And the save will go to Matt Barnes, his second of the year. Then in the second game of the Red Sox and Twins, Kyle Gerlich took Erod Yard in the first, but that was all the, the Red Sox gave up the rest of the game. The Sox posted six runs in the fifth inning, including two RBI knocks from Alex Verdugo, who later hit a solo homer, and Rafael Devers, who was forced home on a walk for the first score of that inning. The final is 7-1. to one. Give the win to Eduardo Rodriguez. He went five innings, allowing one earned run and striking out five batters. The loss will be given to Jose Barrios, who had his first not brilliant start of the year, going four and one-third of an inning, allowing four earned runs and striking out five batters. The Red Sox and the Twins will play the final game of this series today at 1:10 with Garrett Richards on the mound against Michael Pineda before the Red Sox, who are now winners of nine straight, go home for their home stay. The Red Sox had easily the, the best day in the league. Not only do they beat uh, both of the Twins, uh, very, very good starting pitchers, well, LJ, how about the end of that first game? I'm surprised that you didn't talk about Alex Verdugo making a crazy diving catch, sort of like Andrew Benintendi's that he made in the ALCS. I mean, with a runner on second base, Barnes was uh, – he, he – I don't think that he would have ended up uh, blowing the game, but it was, it was still a little bit shaky to end that first game. Oh, it was, it was certainly shaky. I mean, where it was played, if he hadn't do- dove, he's not going home on that. And, I mean, this has really been the, the only time that Matt Barnes has looked human this year. But overall, yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic catch. The thing that stands out to me about it is it was less a play of freak athleticism and more a play of just excellent paying attention. He even cited it in his post-game press conference that – it wasn't like he was just a brilliant reaction. He was ready for it. He knew he'd been hitting line drives all day and was fully prepared for him to hit opposite field because he tends, which he tends to do. So props to Verdugo there. You're right. It's an absolutely tremendous play. Moving on to the Tigers and the Astros. The Tigers got off to a very good start, scoring three runs in the second inning thanks to an Akil Badu double. Bless you. And a Nico Goodrum single. Uh, they would add on with three more runs in the fourth on a Jamer Candelario and Wilson Ramos single. And that would make it 6-0 Tigers. 
the Astros would end up scoring four runs, two coming off a Jason Castro home run, but it was not enough, and the Tigers get a 6-4 to four victory. Give the win to Michael Fulmer, who's 1-0 on the year. He goes five innings along three hits, two runs, and striking out two. The loss goes to Lance McCullers Jr., who's 1-1 on the year. Uh, he goes three and two-thirds innings along four hits, six runs, three walks, and three Ks. The save goes to Brian Garcia out of the Tigers' bullpen. He pitches a clean ninth inning, uh, no hits, and two strikeouts. Both teams are now 6-6, six and six, and the Astros have lost six in a row. The Tigers travel to Oakland to start a series today with Tariq Skubal pitching for the Tigers and Sean Manaya for the A's. The Astros will travel to Seattle and start a series on Friday. Yeah, you know, Brandon, I mean, the, this, this Detroit team certainly isn't the most talented one they've had there, especially not within the last 10 years. But I think they're doing just fine. That's just my opinion. <laughs> Over to the Angels and the Royals. Salvador Perez hit a homer in the third, one of two runs he scored today and one of two RBI in the game. Gallagher got the Royals up 2-0 with a sack fly before Jared Walsh drove Mike Trout in to score Los Angeles' lone run. Carlos Santana hit a home run and Whit Merrifield drove in a run before the game ended. 6-1 in favor of the Royals. Give the win to Brad Keller, who went five and two-thirds of an inning, giving up one earned run and striking out five. The loss will go to Griffin Canning, who went five innings, allowing two earned runs and five strikeouts. Now, we've already mentioned that the Royals will be playing the Blue Jays today, and then on Friday, the Angels will start a series against the Twins with Andrew Heaney on the mound for Los Angeles. All right, let's look at the Washington Nationals and the St. Louis Cardinals game that happened today. It was Mr. National Ryan Zimmerman with a two-run home run to get the Nats on the board uh, first in the third inning. In the fifth, the Nats would extend the lead on a Juan Soto and Josh Harrison single. Uh, they, or excuse me, they, they both had singles to extend the lead and make it 4-0 Washington, and they would go on to win 6-0. Give the win to Joe Ross, who is off to a very good start this year, still has not allowed an earned run. He goes six innings along, four hits, no runs, and striking out five. The loss goes to Adam Wainwright, who has not had a good start this year. Uh, he goes five innings along, seven hits, three earned runs, and seven Ks, he's now 0-2. The Washington Nationals improved to three and six, and the Cardinals fall to six and six. The Nationals hosted Diamondbacks today with Merrill Kelly pitching for Arizona and Patrick Corbin for the Nats. And the Cardinals travel to Philadelphia to start a series with the Phillies on Friday. All right, let's talk about the Cubs and the Brewers because it was all Milwaukee all night long and capped off by a four-run sixth inning. They went on to win 7-0 on eight hits. Give the win to Corbin Burns, who went six innings and struck out 10 batters. The loss to Jake Arrieta, his first of the year. He went five innings, allowing three earned runs and striking out five batters. The... 
Cubs will play the Braves on Friday with Drew Smiley set to start. For the Braves, the Cubs have not announced a pitcher yet. All right. In the Miami Marlins and the Atlanta Braves series, it was the Marlins scoring five runs in the first three innings, most uh, notably on a Jazz Chisholm three-run home run and then a Jesus Aguilar single. The Braves would score five unanswered under the next four innings to tie the game with contributions from Ronald Acuna Jr., who went yard in the third inning and then once again in the seventh inning to tie the game. And also uh, Freddie Freeman added in an RBI single. This game would be tied 5-5 heading to extras. In the top of the 10th, the Miami Marlins got a run from a Jesus Aguilar double, and that was all they needed as they scraped by and win 6-5. to five. Give the win to John Curtis, who's 2-0. and oh. It's the second day in a row that he gets the win out of the Miami bullpen. He goes one inning along one hit, no runs, and striking out one. The loss goes to Tyler Matzik out of the Atlanta bullpen, who pitches that 10th inning, allowing a uh, one hit, no earned runs, even though they do score a run there, and striking out three batters. The save goes to Yemi Garcia of the Marlins, his second of the year. He goes uh, one inning, striking out two batters. The Miami Marlins are now five and six. The Braves fall to four and eight. These two play today at a 12-20 start with Trevor Rogers pitching for Miami and Ian Anderson, podcast favorite for Ooh. the Braves. All right, let's talk about the Reds and the Giants. The tie broke in the fifth when San Francisco's Austin Slater scored Brandon Crawford, and he went on to score when he was brought in by Kurt Casale. Mauricio Dubon drove in one more late, and the Giants take down Cincinnati three to nothing. Give the win to my boy Johnny Cueto, his second on the year. He went five and two-thirds of an inning, with no runs allowed, give the loss to Tyler Molly, his first of the season. He went five innings, allowing one earned run and striking out seven batters. And the save goes to Jake McGee, his sixth on the year. Both of these teams will have an off day today, and they will go on to play the Indians. If you're the Reds, the Reds will play the Indians, and the Giants will play the Marlins in Miami. All right, let's talk about the Colorado Rockies and the Los Angeles Dodgers game that just wrapped up a couple of minutes ago. And it was the L.A. Dodgers who got on the board first in the bottom of the first inning, thanks to a a Justin Turner single and then a a Gavin Lux sacrifice fly that made it 2-0 L.A. after the first. In the bottom of the third, Justin Turner hits a home run to center field that hit a fan's plate of nachos into himself. There was nacho cheese everywhere. It was a very funny uh, situation. However, the LA Dodgers did then go and give the fan a free 2020 championship sweatshirt due to his troubles. And after that home run, it would be three nothing Dodgers after the third inning, the Colorado Rockies would jump a little bit on L.A. Dodgers starter Dustin May in the fifth inning. Trevor Story singles to score a run. And then Charlie 
Charlie Blackman hits into a force out, but the Rockies get a run out of that. So it would be three to two. But Zach McKinstry, this guy stays hot, bottom of the eighth. He hits his third home run of the year to make it four to two. And then the, the Dodgers bring in Kenley Jansen, and that would be your ball game. The Dodgers win four to two. The win goes to Corey Knebel out of the L.A. Dodgers bullpen. He pitched the eighth inning, uh, allowing zero hits and striking out one. The loss goes to John Gray, who is one and one on the year for Colorado. He went four innings, allowing five hits, three runs, and striking out three batters. On the other side, uh, Dustin May, who started for the L.A. Dodgers, goes four and a third, allowing seven hits, two runs, and striking out six. Like I said, the save went to Kenley Jansen, his third of the year. Uh, he strikes out the side in the ninth inning. And now that puts the L.A. Dodgers at 10 and two. I believe they are the first team to 10 wins. And the Colorado Rockies are at three and nine. These two will face off today at 10-10 once again. Austin Gomber going for Colorado and Julio Urias for the Dodgers. Next up, we've got the Padres and the Pirates. Gregory Polanco went yard in the second for Pittsburgh, which helped them go on to win five to one as they would not give that lead back up. Give the win to Tyler Anderson, his first on the year. He went five and one third of an inning, allowing one earned run. And the loss will go to Joe Musgrove, his first of the year. This will be his first outing since the no-hitter. He went four innings, allowing one earned run in six strikeouts. Not the most efficient game for him as he threw 82 pitches in those four innings. All right, let's get on to our last game here that we're going to talk about. The Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Mets. The Mets would get two runs across in the first inning on a Dom Smith single, and then Pete Alonso hit into a double play that scored a run. Gene Segura would pull the Phillies within one with a solo home run in the top of the fifth, but the Mets would push two across in the seventh and eighth on a Pete Alonso sack fly, and then a James McCann home run, his first of the year, to make it 5-1, your final score with the Mets winning this one. Give the win to Mets starter David Peterson, who's 1-0 on the year. He looked fantastic in this one, going six innings long, two hits, one run, and striking out 10. The loss goes to Zach Wheeler, who's now 1-2 on the year. He went six and a third along 10 hits, three runs, and striking out six. The Mets are now 5-3, and three, and the Phillies are 6-6. Six and six. They play today with a 12-10 p.m. start, with Zach Eflin pitching for the Phillies and Jacob DeGrom for the Mets. Now it's time for everybody's favorite spot to highlight some players across the league, particular players people might care about. Brandon, would you like to start us off? I would. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, my guy that I'm picking today is Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, he hits two home runs today, even though it was in a losing effort. Uh, but in his last six games, he has gone 14 for 24 uh, with four home runs and four walks. That 
that slash line comes out to 583, 621.333. Uh, so that's almost a 2,000 OPS that he's, he has, has boasted over the last six games. And uh, as I'm going to talk about in the leaderboard segment, he is at the top of the charts in quite a few stats. Uh, so, yeah, big Ronald Acuna guy so far. He has been killing it. And when the Yankees have to play him in a couple of series, I am very nervous. All right. I, my, my first guy I've got today is actually another guy that Brandon's really been vibing with. That's Corbin Burns, who went six innings of shutout ball and struck out 10 batters today. Yes, uh, he's the only pitcher in the last 120 years to start a season by striking out 30 batters and walking zero. Uh, his season stats so far, 18 and a third innings pitched, 30 strikeouts, zero walks, and a 0 0.49 ERA. I mean, LJ, the whole 30 strikeouts to zero walks is incredible. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, I can remember very few games where a guy is throwing that many pitches and doesn't walk guys. Because, again, that's something you look at, too. I mean, that was what I was thinking with Joe Musgrove's start. Of course, he's got six strikeouts over those four innings, which it's not, like, crazy, but it's also not that normal to see a guy get to six. Like, a six strikeouts is usually a pretty good day if you're throwing five or six innings. But, like – you get in those four, three ranges, that means you're probably throwing a lot of pitches to get there as you're going to have to strike, get through all three strikes to get that. So when you have those situations, you're more apt to have three, two counts. You're more apt to have walks. So this is really just shows how dominant a time he's had on the mound. My last guy is somebody I forgot until recently to mention, and that is, uh, defending AL MVP Jose Abreu basically just put his career on the line to help get that no hitter. I'm not sure if you've seen the play, but oh, yeah. him and Josh Naylor are in a race to first base and he just locks his knee and stretches as far as he can to try to get to the bag beforehand. And of course he makes it to help seal away that no hitter, which very nearly could have been a perfect game. So it, it, it comes down to plays like that. Some of the time. I mean, not only is that a skill play by Abreu, but with the way Josh Naylor slid, if he hadn't slid to the right side of the bag, he he's safe. Oh, absolutely. If his, if his right hand touches the base, by the time his, his right hand was just about halfway across the base by the time Abreu's foot touched first. So if he had gotten that right hand over, there's, no hitter, there's not a no-hitter today. We're not talking about that. 
And of course, the other story around the no-hitter that I forgot to mention before is just more hard times for the Indians. They are now the team with the longest drought between no-hitters in the league and the shortest drought between being no-hit. They also have the longest drought in between a World Series win for teams who have won the World Series. So that's an idea. Well, let's move on to the leaderboard segment. Uh, we're going to start it off, of course, with war. We're going to do uh, war for hitters. In uh, the lead is now Ronald Acuna Jr. He overtakes Byron Buxton. Uh, he's at 1.4 war now, uh, which is a pretty crazy number through these first uh, 12 games of the season. But yeah, uh, I just talked about him through his last six games. He's has a 2000 OPS. Really, really good. Uh, as for war for pitchers, it's still Tyler Glass now uh, at 1.3. He'll be taking on the Yankees this weekend in a series. So uh, that'll be his next time pitching. As for home runs, we have a two-way tie at six. Uh Ronald Acuna Jr. with his two home runs today joins Wilson Ramos as they lead the league with six home runs each. And then as for saves, uh, LJ had talked about him in his recap. That is Jake McGee of the San Francisco Giants. He is already at six saves so far this year. And the the Giants, a team that me and LJ were pretty high on it in, uh, in the preseason. Uh, so yeah, nice to see that. But LJ, I'm very excited to talk about what we have planned for the second part of this show. Would you like to lead us into it? Yeah, and I am still scratching my head as to why you seem to be so against it. So the MLB is now using the Atlantic League once again to play with a couple new rules. This year, they will be playing with a updated version of the designated hitter, as well as moving the mound back yes so the mlb announced tuesday they will experiment with a pair of new rules during the 2020 atlantic league season a double hook implementation of the the designated hitter and they're going to move the pitching rubber back one foot uh just for the second half of their season that starts on august 3rd mlb in the atlantic league began a partnership back in 2019 where the Atlantic League would serve as a testing ground for rule changes and pace of play alterations. That uh, double hook rule for the, the, the DHs, that will be in place for the entirety of the 2021 Atlantic League season. Uh, essentially, under the rule, a team will lose. It's, it's a DH once the starting pitcher gets pulled from the game. From that point forth, the team will need to either deploy a pinch hitter or allow a relief pitcher to bat in what was the designated hitter's place. LJ, do you like this rule? Um, I'm going to first off flex on the fact that I've been talking about the moving the mound back for quite a bit of time. There isn't a single part about it that would not help the game. Um, as for the DH, I absolutely adore this rule. 
I think this could be the best thing they could do to keep the game kind of with from getting overly analytical because I mean all of we actually just talked about this yesterday how all of these starters are getting pulled so early and how much the opener is taking over the game how much using relying almost so strictly on your bullpen has become all of the game and it again narrows the importance of a lot of other spots in the game it narrows the importance of that bulk inning guy and so i think having the incentive to keep a guy like that in the game to have starters in the game because they're frankly the most exciting guys to see most of the time other than other than of course you've got some electric closers but the top starters are what you you pay to see they're the guys that you pay the extra ticket price for there's they're the guys that they're the Chris sales that they come off the IL. So you buy an extra games worth of tickets. Cause you're going to be in town the day and the day of, and the day after you already bought tickets for, and then you get screwed out of it because he goes on the IL again, but I'm not going to complain about my own issues right now. Um, but no, these are the guys, these are the people you want to see. And so by further incentivizing that it's going to be fantastic. Uh, so to to be clear, I'm not against this whatsoever. I texted you earlier and I said uh, I don't like how there's so many new like rules being implemented. But the the more that I thought about it, all the rules are actually not not terrible. Other than the rule that is the three batter uh, minimum in the MLB. All the other rules I can tolerate. Extra innings, the least amount for me. Uh, I can't tolerate that one as much, but it's, I'm starting to come around on it just because it, we see it every day. So it's like, oh, that's just part of the game now. But as for this, uh, I love the 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 uh, rule. Look, I mean, if you don't want the the pitchers to hit, which obviously we don't, that's why we had no, no uh, DH, or that's why we had a universal dh in 2020 uh i think that this is great for the game not only because like i feel like our conversation that we talked about yesterday like we made all the perfect talking points that you could make for how we would react to to this rule i mean i love this uh you know in the mlb offseason this year the colorado rockies manager uh, bud black actually proposed this to the MLB to try to have it implemented for this 2021 season. And it was not uh, approved, but it's nice to see that they are going to use the Atlantic league to test this out. As for the, the, the pitcher's mound getting uh, pushed back, that's going to be awesome to have like an extra foot of, of uh, some, some of these, these are uh, breaking pitches and uh, you know, just like imagine what someone's like nasty slider like how much how much more it's going to be able to move or like a tyler glass now 12 6 curveball it is just going to fall off the table if if they implement this in the mlb and not only that you're going to have more exciting pitch pitchers more exciting pitches but then also you're going to increase offense a little bit because now the perceived speed of these pitches is not a hundred miles an hour. It's 
more like 98 or 99. And yes, while it's only one foot and a couple miles an hour, I mean, baseball is a game of, of, oh, it does. Trust me. Yeah. Difference. Um, Back real quick. This is again, something we're going to have the DH a much bigger conversation on in the coming weeks about it in the NL. I've got two more thoughts on it. The first one is what if you made just this new DH rule for the national league? I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's, I would be very happy if it was both. I would still be happy with that, but then you keep that kind of separation because realistically with this, you can keep all of the positives of having the pitcher hit without the negatives. I think, I think the biggest things are a, the fact that the leagues are different now. I mean, now that there's no separate league offices, they play interleague games. There's nothing that divides them other than they basically acts like an East and West conference in basketball now because there's nothing really dividing the two leagues. And so if you do this, there's still some separation between what the two leagues offer. The other things that it does is add that little extra strategy, which we've discussed the double switch, the pinch hitting, all of that isn't necessarily rocket science and it's not a good reason to not do the DH. However, it certainly is a benefit to the game. The other thing that this helps is the fact that you still have to have an extremely deep roster. I think a lot of times you can certainly skimp a little more if you're an AL team on bench offense, having top quality bench players all the way down. I mean, you certainly shouldn't, and a lot of teams don't. However, you can get away with it when you're not having to pinch hit a whole bunch of guys on your roster every single day. These guys aren't having to get one or two at-bats every day. So overall, I think it's just going to help the game be a little harder roster-building-wise because you're going to have to have that depth 1 to 25. Totally agree. You know, having a deep uh, team is, you know, that's that's what sets the 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 Los Angeles Dodgers apart from any other team in the league this year. They're just so so deep. I mean, their last guy in their in their uh, batting lineup with when they're uh, fully healthy is a guy like a uh, Gavin Lux, who is a top prospect. So you know, like, and to have such a deep bench is. So important, especially in the NL, because of the the double switch and having to do that. But, uh, you know, I think that this is going to make much more strategy late in games, which is what we want to see. It's going to make more uh, calculated choices from all the managers. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of this. Uh, That's my thoughts on it so far. Uh, I'm interested to see how it actually works out, but I'm a big fan of both of these. Let's hope for the best. All right, we've got one more thing for you tonight, and I'm very excited about this. I really did a lot of looking into what I found on this. Yadier Molina just caught his 2,000th game for the St. Louis Cardinals. Brandon, I'll let you chime in after I show all the things I have found here. Of course, he is the first catcher in – MLB history to have 2000 games with one team. That's absolutely fantastic. But if you look 2000 games caught with one, team, yes, 2000 games caught with one team, but you look past that 
the sheer amount of games he's played, the games he's caught, he's going to pass Hall of Famers still. The 2,000 games with any team, regardless of position, is a very prestigious and elite group. This year alone, he shouldn't have an issue passing Edgar Martinez of the Mariners, Bernie Williams, and Jim Rice. Jim Rice, of course, being the highest of those at 2,089 games played with the Red Sox. So that's an incredibly great list to be a part of and not even really be done. Like, Yadi's still got several years left with him. However, I'll bring you, you one more little piece to get you in the mood of just how crazy this is right now, Brandon. When Yadier Molina first caught for the St. Louis Cardinals on June 3rd, 2004, George W. Bush was the president of the United States. Tony Blair of the Labor Party was the United Kingdom's prime minister. St. John Paul II was the pope. Gonzaga star and elite NBA prospect Jalen Suggs celebrated his second birthday. Rafael Nadal turned 18. Burned by Usher was atop the charts. Redneck Woman by Gretchen Wilson was atop the, of the country charts. And people were rushing to the theaters to watch none other than Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Wow. I mean... What else is there to say about this guy? I mean, 2,000 games caught with one team is incredible. Not to mention that this is a guy who has caught over 140 games in a season uh, in 2016, which is something that you really only saw guys back in like the 1990s and early on uh, doing that. Guys like Pudge Rodriguez, uh, he was catching over 140 games a year. But Yachty had a stretch from 2009 through 2013 where he caught over 135 games in each year. Uh, then 2015 through 2018, or excuse me, 2015 and through 2017, those three years, he catches at least 133 games in each of those years uh, with 146 in 2016. I don't think people talk about just like catching 134 games in a year is remarkable. I mean, to think about how many off days that we give uh, catchers now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was Dave Dave Roberts said that catcher Will Smith is only going to catch 90 games this year for the L.A. Dodgers. <laughs> and he's one of the best hitting catchers in the league. And Yachty was catching 130 games while also being one of the best, not hitting catchers in the league, but hitters in the league for a point there. Uh, LJ, this is another guy who, you know, me and you kind of grew up with. He was that that a generation. He was the the generation of uh, you know, Joey Votto and Freddie Freeman and Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols, you know, all these guys, uh Justin Verlander. So mm-hmm. uh yeah, I mean that I don't I don't really have much more to say on on Yachty other than this is an incredible accomplishment for him. Uh and is one of the most legendary players in the game for being able to accomplish this. Yeah. I think there's one thing you're not um, fully grasping when you think about this big picture, of course, we're talking, yeah, he didn't 
with the exception of 2014, he went on a eight year stretch where he caught at least 130 some games. And we're still talking about him. Like he has a couple more years. We've, We've kind of been talking about the fact that really his performance, especially this year, has been really solid. He was never necessarily a standout hitter except for a couple seasons in that early 2010s. So he could legitimately still play a couple more years. He could catch till he's 40. Is not an unrealistic thing here. I wouldn't be shocked if he retired after this year. However, it's not out of the option. How do you catch that many games and still have anything left in your knees? Yeah, not only that, but he has still, every single year of his career, he has put up a positive uh, defensive war, which is really hard to do. I want you, whoever is uh, still still listening to this right now, go on to, to a baseball reference and just type in any player Scroll down and look at their their defensive war and see if they've had at least one one season where they didn't put up a positive number. I guarantee you, it's a lot of guys who can't even put up that. I I, I want to say that Angelton Simmons in twenty twenty was in the the negatives. Yachty has never gone under point zero point three, and he had some years there where he was uh you know, uh, like 2012, 2013, where he was putting up almost three, three, a defensive war per year. One of the best catchers in the league for a while. I have no idea how he has anything, uh, in his knees, but you know, he's also widely regarded around the league as one of the smartest players in the league too, and calls one of the best games in the league behind the plate. So, uh, he's for sure. One of the most widely respected players in the league and you know uh he has done everything to deserve that well not only has he also had the longevity of and consistency with the defensive statistics and being a plus defender like if in terms of war at least he's nearly added as much for his team defensively as he has offensively which is even harder (laughs) when you really consider how good he's been. It's not like he was, it's not like he's ever really been a scrub at the plate. He hasn't been, he hasn't been Mike Trout at the plate. However, he hasn't been, I'm not really sure who to pick here, but that, that's just, that just goes to show just how good he's been. It's fantastic. Well, uh, unless you have anything else on this, I'm all set. All right, well, we can get out of here uh, tonight. Thank you for listening to the MLB Daily Podcast, our game recaps from April 14th. Of course, we had a no-hitter tonight. Uh, Very exciting. Congrats to Carlos Rodon on an excellent performance. Uh, Make sure that you are uh, following us on our Twitter at, at MLB Daily Pod. Make sure that you're following a Belly Up Sports and the podcast network on Twitter. They are at Belly Up Sports and at, and at uh, Belly Up Podcast. And then, of course, make sure you're following me and LJ on Twitter. I'm at Brandon underscore Karam, and LJ is at LJ underscore VP underscore LaFiora. Uh, that's going to do it. 
for this episode of the MLB Daily Podcast. And uh, have a good night. And as always, we will be back tomorrow to recap the games from April 15th, Jackie Robinson Day in the MLB. Have a good one. Bye, y'all. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.